Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market eyes and lines. Find reviews and news in every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports information. From live in-game betting, props, and features, head on to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% discount. Welcome bonus to your first for your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to an athlete's journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed. Today, I got a special guest, somebody who I, you know, is the older gentleman who I looked up to. You know what I'm saying? When I first came into the league of Holland, he is one of those uh, overseas legends. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I was happy that he, uh, you know, asked, you know, asked to come on the show. I appreciate him so much for, you know, wanting to come on. Um, he was a person, like I said, that has like I looked at when I used when I was first year overseas, I was like, who is this guy? Oh man, his career is insane. <laughs> he got he definitely got a lot of you know, you know, accolades to his name, y'all. He's a like I said, an overseas legend, good person. Uh please introduce yourself. Well, my name is Kendall Mack, and uh I think you might have overdid it a little bit. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I many accolades born in uh born in la moved to tulsa oklahoma when i was 15 played at oral roberts university and, uh like you came over to europe to play mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i said it's for me i always like i said i appreciate people like yourself because um everybody's like nba we talked about it earlier everybody's like nba 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 um, and I'm just like, man, like it, overseas, you know, you could be a mean and you could make a whole lot of money and have a long career, um, if you just stay dedicated, you know, to overseas. But the downside of overseas basketball is that you are on a series of year by year, uh, 
contracts. And, yeah. you know, they can – teams don't like you. They can cut you at any time. Um, and if, if you – like, you American, you come in, you have a one bad game, say you score six or eight points, you come in Wednesday, you play Thursday, they got a flight for you on Saturday if yeah. you play bad. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, um, yeah, wild. exactly. Exactly. I told him the story. I flew into France on a tryout and there was another American there already on the same tryout. <laughs> so I, uh, I had to go against him during practice or uh, before practice, during practice, after practice. Or we both on the same tryout, you know. And, you know, he, we played together like one game and you don't want nobody to do bad, but you're like, miss that shot, miss that shot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, you missed it. All right, coach, time to put me in. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it was so, wild. Wow, wild situation. <laughs> so I think that like teams, it's, you know, I don't know how it is now, but it, back then it was straight cattle call, straight cattle call, you know? So, but uh, like I said, I appreciate you, the kid, for coming on, man. Like, you said, obviously, you went overseas, but how did your basketball journey start? Okay. Before before, before uh, I get started on that, let me tell you a quick story about just elaborate elaborate on what you were just talking about. Please go. You know, we both stories. played it. You know, we both played it in both, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. When I played it in both, we had, I think went through like in that season, eight different Americans. <laughs> and getting fired for just like uh, the reasons that you stated, but there was one particular instance that just stood out in my mind. We had the guy, I won't mention his name, but he played at UNC Charlotte. But he uh, he was a, a religious person, mm -hmm. and I'm religious too. Mm -hmm. But he came up with those, uh, we were just in the preseason, he scored a couple of games, he scored my uh, three or four points. As a big man, who you go into every game. So one time we was in the locker room, we were just getting ready to play Austin, Belgium team. Just a scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And before the the game, we was he's we were in the locker room, right? And so he's got his Bible open. And he's reading his Bible. And so I'm standing there, you know, I'm an old vet, so I know how I go. <laughs> <clears throat> And, you know, it's nothing wrong with being spiritual. I'm a spiritual person, too. But, you know, you're in the locker room there, and you ain't put up with about five or six points the last two games. So I was kind of like scratching my head like, oh, my goodness. So the coach came in. Coach came in, and he saw him reading his Bible. So he grabbed his clipboard right in front of everybody. And he handed him the clipboard, and he said, okay, draw five down. He gave him the pen, and so he, he started trying to write the play down, but he couldn't remember the play. He said, okay, write down, write, write, write thumbs up, thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Show me, show me how we're gonna run thumbs up. And he couldn't write the play down. So it's okay, that's all right, that's all right. Do you know that after the game, we went to the next practice and he wasn't there, they had already sent him back home. Wow. <laughs> which is kind of hard, which is kind of hard. But I no. thought, you know, if, if you got any kind of excuse, you know, if you're a little bit religious, you know, that they would try to sit him down and explain to him, listen, this ain't the place for that. <clears throat> I appreciate no. it. You got to no, be, you gotta be giving hard. them 20 and 10. You got to give yep, them 20 yep. and 10, you know what yep. I'm saying? 
Um, yeah, big man, like, guards is a little bit different, I would say, but, like, big man is easy. You come in, you score 20 points, you get 10 rebounds. That's what you got to do as a big man. You know, like, yeah. they want you to they want you to come in and score. And it, and it depends where you play. Like, if you yeah. play a team like, like Groningen, they may have a little bit more leanings too, because it's all – see, the Americans, they just cancel each other out most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's usually the team that's got the best foreign uh, uh, homegrown players. Yes. Uh, they usually win the, the championships. But uh, I just thought that was a kind of a funny story. <laughs> but, you know, me coming over to Europe, that was actually just an opportunity. You know, <clears throat> it don't just because you're the best player doesn't mean that you always get the right opportunity. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Because, like, when I moved from Cali, you know, I hadn't started high school yet. So I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was almost 15 years old uh, because my father, that's where he came from. My mom's from Alabama. Mm-hmm. They met each other in California, you know, and that's when they got married and they had, had us kids. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going into high school and, you know, I don't have any kind of uh, history. So they were kind of like, you know, who's this, who's this guy from from Cali coming in here, you know, trying to take over. So they didn't really appreciate me too much, mm-hmm. you know, until I got to know, you know, some of the players who was growing up there. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't recruited heavily. I think I got one D1 offer at a school uh, uh, called Marist in New York, where uh, I don't know if you remember him, Rick Smiths. Oh, yeah, the Duncan Dutchman, yeah, played, of course. Yeah, played for the Pacers. I got another story about that. It's just crazy how things uh, come full circle. I'll tell you that later. But uh, so I went I went to high school, but I didn't go to D1 right away. So I went to junior college, a couple of junior colleges, and finally I ended up at uh, Oral Roberts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't play a whole lot there because I was – uh, playing back to Haywood Workman. I don't know if you remember him, but he played uh, at the Pacers. Yeah, I, I remember Haywood Workman. Yeah, played at the him. Hawks. He played at, for the Milwaukee Bucks, Atlanta. So, uh, so of course, you know, I didn't get no too much playing time. But there was another guy who I played with who came over and he played at Den Helder. Mm-hmm. And you know how it is. You had two Americans back in the day and one of them got hurt. So he called me. He said, look, man, I know you didn't get to play a lot over there. When we were in college, you know, the coach screwed us. You know, here's a chance. They asked me if I know another American who want to come over and play. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't playing at the time. I was just finishing school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I finished school, and I was just working. And he said, uh, come on over. I said, no, nah, man, what am I going to do over there in Europe? So he started telling me, you know, how it is about the life over there. So I said, okay. So I came over and I fell in love with it. And uh, I was the shortest guy in the competition. <laughs> and uh, the first the first game, I remember our our uh, general manager, he, he was uh, talking to the other general manager of the team. Mm-hmm. We were playing out. And he, so he asked me, he said, who's the other American on the team? Because, you know, we had Big Mo. He's 6'7". 
And, you know, I could fit right in with the other guys because I was just this little guy out there on the court. He said, he said, where's the other American? He said, that's right there. So he looked at, he, he looked at him, he said, uh, he said, what are you going to do with that? Little <laughs> guy out there. <laughs> so make a long story short, I hit him for about, I gave him about a 30 piece, no grease. <laughs> and, and we, when we beat him at their place. And so my, my general manager who loves to smoke cigars was smoking a cigar after the game and looked at the other manager, general manager, and he said, that's what we're going to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so how you got to show there. them. You got to show them just like that. Yeah. So it just went from there. You know, the first year, uh, I, I was the fourth leading scorer in the league and uh, signed back. And halfway through the season, the team went bankrupt. So I was kind of like out of a job. So I played second division for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know how it is if you're not on the top team over there, you know, you fall out of view for everybody. So I played right. on the top team for uh, – I played on the second division team for about a year and a half. Uh, I won MVP of the league both years. And then all of a sudden they came up with this rule. And that rule was if you live in a country for three years – uh, without leaving, you can apply or, or you, you are allowed to play in a team, but you don't count against the oh, as an American, foreign yeah. players. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what happened to me. So I went to Dimbos. So to Dimbos. You went to Dimbos? So, yeah, so we went. To, I went to Dumbos, and we had three Americans. Plus, of course, you know how it is at Dumbos. You know, you had just about all the best players. So I had some mm -hmm. Dutch legends on my team. So mm -hmm. my job was pretty easy. You know, I had to learn not to be trying to score all the time, and to get these guys the the ball. So <laughs> yeah, I played with yeah. I played with a good three point shooter named Mike Fraserike. Okay, okay. Used to play at Temple. Man, he could fill it up. Oh, he could fill it up. So all I did was get those guys the ball. I averaged about 12 points a game, mm -hmm. 13 mm -hmm. points a game. But that's what you want. You want to get with a team that's going to win something, and you just have to play a role. Right, right. But then what happened was uh, first or the second round of the playoffs, Michael was our scorer. He hurt his hand. He tried to block a shot, and he broke his finger on the backboard. So now it's just me and uh, Riley Smith as the two Americans on the team. Right. <clears throat> but then I got a chance to do what I could do. So I start taking over the scoring. So I ended up uh, winning the MVP of the finals. We went beat Den Helder in the finals. And then after that, there was another rule that came in. If you live uh, five <laughs> years in a country, or at least in a house, you can apply for a Dutch passport. Mm. And at the time, I didn't have to, at the time, I didn't have to relinquish my American passport. So I got a Dutch passport. So now I'm an American with a, a European passport. 
So I started getting offers from all over the place. Mm. We had just won a championship. And I was just the MVP. And I just got a European passport. So now I didn't count anymore as a foreign player at all. Mm -hmm. So I ended up uh, going to Belgium because at the time, you know, I met somebody, you know, and we were getting close to getting married. Mm -hmm. So I went and I played in Belgium, which means I could, could still stay in Holland, but I just commuted back and forth. Oh, so that's what you did. Okay, okay. So I played in Belgium for four years. And after that, you know, then you become really an old head. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm coming back to, I'm going to come back to Holland and play. They wanted me. So I went and I played at Eiffel Towers for mm -hmm. four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, won another championship, went to the finals, won the cup a couple of times, played European Cup. And then my last year, I played in Weird. Yeah. So I, I stopped. That. I stopped when I was, don't laugh, but I stopped playing when I was 39 years old. Oh, I'm not laughing. I wanted to stop when I was 39. <laughs> I just had to stop when I was 32. <laughs> you know why I stopped? Let me tell you the whole process of stopping. At least this is in my in my mind. Right. First of all, you know, you lose a half step. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. That's what happens first, right? And you know, I'm a I'm a a point guard, so you know, they, those brothers, you know, they they kind of quick. <laughs> <laughs> so you lose your quickness, right? So I lose a half step, and then you think, well, at least you know you place you you start inventions to reinvent yourself. You start playing smarter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get to those places where those young guys have to exert all the energy, you know. But you just know where you're supposed to be, and you just get there mm -hmm. with less energy. Agreed. But then, but then you say, hey, <clears throat> I've lost a whole step now, but at least <laughs> but at least I can I can I can foul them. <laughs> and then you get to the point at the end where you said, well, I'm not even quick enough where I can foul anybody anymore. They just, <laughs> they just go around. <laughs> I can't even get to them to foul them. So that's when uh, I just had to walk in the locker room and say, hey, fellas, you know, because they always, come on, you want to go one more year, one more year, okay, Mac, come on. Right. I said, look, man, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I understand that. Like you said, when he, I say, yeah, I lose a half a step, then a step, then a whole step, and then I'm two, I'm two steps because I can't even go around foul him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, I remember my situation. I wanted to play longer, but like the offers wasn't, you know, the offers started, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I just didn't want to have to just be going overseas just for the case of just to go overseas and not make any money. Um, yeah. You know, you got to so, make some money, man, because it yeah. hurts too much. They, they they expect too much out of you. Yeah. Like, if I was, <laughs> if I'm getting paid, you know, 20, you know, like, if I'm averaging 2010, I expect 2010 money. Yeah. Not, like, three and six money, you know, because yeah. if you get 1,500, making, scoring 20 points and 10 rebounds, you're just like, man, I'm killing myself and I ain't saving no money. You man. know, you know, and towards you, you the end. killing yourself. Yeah. And they want you to go all out. Like they're paying you, you know, $100 million. 
And yeah. you, they, they know they're only paying you 1500 but they want you to go all out. Yeah. And if you lose, it's your fault. Agreed. Don't matter what anybody else did. Even though you score a lot, rebound a lot, when you lose, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. 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 <clears throat> so did you ever think about playing in the NBA? Well, to be honest, uh, Travis, I, I wasn't a – I didn't think I was that great of a player. I just knew I could really shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of times it's opportunity. Like, in order to get to the NBA, the best way is to get drafted. Yes. But, you know, I didn't play enough to get an opportunity to get drafted. And then otherwise, you'd have to go play. And at the time, it was the CBA, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which means that you, you, you're one of a... You're one of a, 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 a lot of people trying to get in there. So you have to you have to be a lot more lucky. And actually, to be honest, the experience uh, in Europe made me grow so much as a person. Mm. I mean, I uh, you learn a whole lot about yourself when you're away from home and you're immersed in another uh, other people's culture. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. whole world perspective just opens up so much more. You know, there's a lot of things I miss about the states, but uh, I, I think the quality of life is so much better here. You right. know, especially for people like yeah. us. Yes. So, <clears throat> no, I wouldn't. I would. I don't think I would have ever wanted to play in the NBA. Okay. I would have loved to have the NBA money. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think what I've uh, gained in experience over here in Europe and what I've learned about myself, I think that's priceless. Mm-hmm. Priceless. No, no, definitely. I definitely feel 100% on you on that. I think, um, you know, like uh, pretty much uh, for me, I think that um, – you know, what I learned so much, you know, in Europe is just basically how to become a man from a young man to a man. And like the 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 lifestyle uh, of of Europe is so, so much slower that you have to kind of like learn how to have a routine to get you through the days. Yeah. You know, you know, when I was in like, you know, uh, like when I was in the bosses, it was OK because I, I was an hour away from Rotterdam. An hour mm-hmm. from Amsterdam, you know, whatever. I can easily just take a freeway, mm-hmm. you know, an hour away from that club. I can't think of the club on Sundays. Everybody went to the Mondial. Uh, yeah, Mondial, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dudes are driving two, three hours to get there. Um, yeah. You know, I've never been there. I've no. been past there. No. Oh, and you, you played in weird and never went to that club? Man, you no, know, I, I live. I live also close to weird. But you know, the thing is, I was thirty nine when I was in weird. I was already oh, married so for so yes, yeah, so I've, I've been married for twenty five years, man. Oh, so yeah, so, you didn't you know, need to go to that club then. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> you know, the, the club thing that was for me the first couple of years, but because, like I said, you know, I wasn't a guy with a uh, with a, with a the resume you could say as these guys coming out of college, you know, I didn't go to a big time college and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've always been pretty disciplined. 
So I knew if I wanted to stay and and make some money and make a career out of it, then you know I couldn't be hanging out at the clubs and stuff like that. Makes sense. So after the first couple of years, you know, you explore and stuff like that. <clears throat> I just say, hey man, this guy had to tell some of the boys, boys, you know, because they like to keep going. I said, look, man, for me, this is all coming to a screeching halt. I mean, you guys uh you guys are in, you know, I'm trying to stay here. I'm the smallest guy in the league. You know, I got to work on my craft. Mm -hmm. So, you mm -hmm. know, I hit the weights. I did my running. Mm -hmm. And I stayed, you know, pretty much to myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So well, it makes that's sense. how I ended up 14 years. Otherwise, I would never have made it, man. Well, no, like I said, like 14 years is a long time. And, you know, the fact that you got a chance to do all that, from Oral Roberts, that's like a you know a blessing, you know. Yeah. I would say like, okay, we're gonna go back a little bit. Um, what would you say was like the biggest lesson, biggest lesson you learned from college, from you know playing overseas? I mean, from college. Well, if from coming to college and going to to play in Europe, actually. <clears throat> When you play in college, especially D1, there's a level of discipline that you develop. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to go to class. But then, you know, they had coaches to come and wake you up if you, <laughs> if, if you didn't go to class. Right. And uh, the practices, a lot of them just hard as hell. They weren't any fun. <laughs> but it, living and playing in Europe <clears throat> made me realize <clears throat> that that discipline and all those practices and classes and all the things that you really hated, that's actually what uh, got you through. Right, right. And then you just learn also how to apply that discipline in other facets of life. But you had it, only you didn't know it. So <clears throat> actually living over here, the lesson I would learn is that I've learned is that uh, it helped me discover uh, parts of myself that I did not know existed. Mm, okay. Okay. Which makes sense. I think, you know, with Europe, when it comes to Europe, it, like you said, it's about that discipline, you know, because if you don't mm -hmm. have a routine or a discipline routine, you ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it. A lot of dudes didn't make it because they couldn't figure out what to do because you have that free time in Europe. College yeah, is, like yeah. you said, everything's kind of planned out for you. Yep. You know, yeah, but yeah. In, in Europe, it's like you might have practice, you know, in the morning once, mm -hmm. and then at night, you know, you know, you might have practice in, you know, 10 in the morning to 11, mm -hmm. shoot around or whatever the case is, and you won't have all that free time until 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, saying, saying, for me, it was like I will always have a routine. I'd get up, you know, I would uh, – you know, eat breakfast, watch some world CNN, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. go to the weight room, lift. Yep. Then go to the first shoot around practice, come home, ice, take a nap, and then get up and get ready for the next practice, you know, and kind of just do yeah. the routine over and over and over again, you know? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I found so interesting about, because I've seen a lot of Americans come and go. Mm-hmm. But they come here and sometimes they get so immersed in the life, they completely let go of the discipline that they developed. 
-hmm. because if you play D1 basketball, you if you think about it, you have gone through things that you know most people would just quit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They would just quit because it's, it's too taxing mentally and physically. But, you know, we made it. You didn't think about it at the time, but you know, when you get out on your own, you think about how the hell did I make it? Because I should be dead. They would they tried to kill me. <laughs> they tried to kill me. Right. I mean, you made it. I mean, I've I got my degree. And if you think and you compare yourself to a other another college student, if another college student who's an athlete all of a sudden has to do the athletic part of it, uh they couldn't handle it. They would quit. But our education was dependent on us being able to play. Man. So we had to take a lot more stuff. Yeah. So if we can make it in, this, I was convinced that there's not much that they can uh, do to me over here that would make me uh, that would make me quit because I had the discipline right. instilled upon me. I just didn't realize it. Of course, I understand that. What would you say the best thing you learned about, you know, being overseas? Well, looking at a, a African American, mm -hmm. and the reality of it, even today in two thousand twenty-two, do you know that most Black people do not even have a passport? I agree with you on American, that. Um, Americans, they don't no, have one. That's true. <clears throat> they uh, they don't get a chance to get out and to go see uh, different countries. Mm -hmm. As a result, their view is somewhat skewed. For instance, if you talk about going to uh, London, first thing you'll hear them say, oh, that's the place where they drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> and then you think, now, wait a minute. They drive on the other side, but what makes that wrong? It's just a mentality that we have. Agreed. And how many, especially living out in LA, how many African Americans do you know that speak Spanish fluently? Not a lot. Some, but not a lot. Which is actually a, a, a shame. It's really a shame because mm -hmm. that's one thing now that I regret it after I came over here is that when I lived in California, see my sisters, they speak Spanish fluently. Okay. Because all of their friends were Mexicans. Mm. So you know they they grew up primarily uh associated with, with Mexicans. But I didn't do that. <clears throat> you know, I didn't think I had any white friends until until I started high school in Tulsa. Paying down debt can be stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling these due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way, you'll just have one due date a month instead of many, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offices that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can 
get approved for. Credit Combo will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers, and you're likely to get approved, you're likely not to get approved, to apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. But now looking at me over here, you know, I speak Dutch fluently. I write fluently. I don't speak English unless I'm speaking with another American. So what's the, what's the, what are the odds of a guy who didn't play a lot in college <laughs> coming to Europe, having a career for 14 <laughs> years, being married for 25 years, mm-hmm becoming uh, bilingual, but speaking Dutch. Yeah. And then also studying uh, customs law and becoming a customs broker. It's an unbelievable story, you know? Like I said, I, you know, I, remember, I was just like, you know, that's amazing. Because like you said, a lot of us don't even know where Europe is in a way. I mean, they've heard of it. But they don't yeah. really know. Like, you know, when I was in college, I didn't know what no, I didn't know what Holland was. I didn't know what none of these places was. I just knew they was on the other side of the globe. But I got another funny story about that too when you finish. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Just I just I didn't know anything, like I said. So when I when I went to when I got signed a deal, whatever to come, I had to actually buy one of those globes, those big yeah. ball globes. And like let me Oh, okay. There it is. There's, there's yeah. the Netherlands, you know. Yeah, yeah. A little small speck on the on the globe there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, what was your story? What was your story? Funny story. Uh, the summer before I first came over, because I didn't know where Holland was either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, you know how you play somewhere at the gym, and I was playing, uh, and I ran into a, a guy who played at uh, Tulsa University. His name was David Moss. Okay. He played in the Netherlands too for a while and he played in also at Ghent in Belgium. Okay. But I ran into him and we were just talking and he asked me what I was doing next year. Mm-hmm. And he and I told him, I said, Well, I'm going over to to Holland and play. I got a contract. I'm gonna play over in Holland, Europe. So oh, that's cool. I said, What you doing? He said, I'm going to play in the Netherlands. He said, Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Neither one of us knew it was the same country. <laughs> so we ran into each other in the competition. That's so, funny. <laughs> so so I, I was a little bit embarrassed because, you know, that just goes to show most people, especially African-American, if you tell them, point out France, point out Germany, point out the Netherlands, point out Belgium, point out Poland, they have no idea. It's not, import- it's not important to them. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Now, but my worldview is just uh, totally, uh, totally different now. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I would say, uh, what, 
what uh advice would you have for like the next you for the next you know Mac like say you're coming you're coming out of the next you's coming out of college and wants to go overseas or anything like that what what would be the best advice that you can give him? well if he's it depends on what the the person is looking for if you want to want to uh make uh, have a career in Europe mm -hmm. then you need to because there's no people around telling you to go to class, going to practice. Mm -hmm. Make the most out of your time that you have down and work on your craft because they still will fire you. Maybe not as fast as they used to in the old days, but they will still uh, fire you. And the competition is a lot greater, even though the, and it's just my personal, even though the player is not as uh, smart as mm -hmm. uh, as they as they used to be, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and because you're allowed to have more Americans on each team, you've got some teams that uh, don't have the budget of the the top tier teams. Right. So what do they do? They get a bunch of Americans at cheap cost that are yeah that are I would call them B players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the competition it's a little bit saturated and it's not that good. So you're going to have to stand out and uh, don't get caught up going and hanging out and try to make sure you hit every club. <laughs> you need to make discipline, make discipline uh, your friend. Agreed. Agreed. No, I, that's, what I, I would do. that's my advice. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, like you said, don't try to hit up every club, which is true. Um, you know, and learning how to just deal with your surroundings, like you said, because I always felt like here's what teams do that don't have a ton of money for Americans, so they don't get like top notch. Let's mm -hmm. just say they have a hundred and fifty, a hundred and sixty thousand dollars for Americans mm -hmm. for the year. So instead of getting maybe two Americans that are eighty thousand dollars a piece, yeah, they'll say no. We'll get five Americans to give them thirty five thousand to thirty thousand, yeah. even thirty five thousand a piece, so we can have a that's bunch of do. them. Yeah, yeah, that's you what know. they do. Um, they on the illusion that uh, that more Americans you have, the better your team is going to be. Yeah. The thing is, because you can't pay the the top tier American, the Americans that you get are going to be average, and so your team is going to be average. Right, right, right. And they I'm, all trying to get their numbers. <clears throat> So they can get the next contract. Yeah, so you're gonna have a team full of guys who are playing selfish, alienating the, the other the, the country's uh, national players. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the coach's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it. You know, like would team have like six Americans? I'd be like, man, yeah, JC team. Yeah, like JC <laughs> man. Like I got six yeah. Americans, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and they all shooting every time they. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two. Uh, this is a two-part question. What would you say yeah. your biggest triumph was in Europe, and your biggest failure was in Europe? Biggest triumph. Uh, I would say my biggest triumph was my longevity. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know there were. You know, as I got, as I started to age, you know, 
my uh, uh, my my numbers went down, of course, but I was always able to be valuable to a team. So and and play on a, a good team, mm -hmm. which gave me a chance to win the championship. Because the thing is, I, I always have in the back of my mind the walk on mentality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a walk-on and I never really maybe out of fear of getting fired mm -hmm. I never really uh bought into to just get comfortable I never felt comfortable Agreed. so I kept Agreed. which made me made me keep keep working at my craft <laughs> failure uh I would have to say when my body start failing because mm -hmm. I had a, I had a major knee surgeries. Oh, wow. And the thing is, when I came back, I had some of my best years. I didn't have my quickness, but I, I reinvented myself. So maybe that was the greatest uh, success that I had coming back from a knee injury that they told me I wouldn't be able to play anymore mm. and played even longer. Mm -hmm. uh, won a championship, uh, made the all-star team a couple of times. Uh, set the record for the country for the, uh, the most three-pointers in a quarter. I hit seven. Ha, it's Clay Thompson in his piece. <laughs> yeah, I hit no dribbles. Uh, just... Let it let it go. Let it fly. <laughs> so for real, Clay Thompson. <laughs> but my failure was, uh, yeah, probably probably when my body start to start to deteriorate, and uh, mm -hmm. I was already mm -hmm. in. Maybe I should have taken a little bit better care of myself. Okay. Okay. Well, you took care of yourself to play fourteen years, so you know it wasn't that bad. Yeah, you, know, you know when the body fails, when you get injured, then you always start second guessing yourself. Right, right, yeah. right. But I enjoyed it immensely, man. I, 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 it was a great, great ride. I still go to the Bulls. So I don't have to pay no for no tickets, nothing. I just go up in there. Oh, see, and I can drink and uh and chill and, you know, everybody still remembers me. So. No, see, so that's nice. Yeah, that's I mean, that's oh, that's why one of the reasons why I want to go back to Europe, just mm -hmm. to go back like during this basketball season. To where, they like, still you know, remember you. They still yeah. remember you, man. They still talk <laughs> about you too. That devastating jump hook. Oh my god! You know, nobody can stop that. <laughs> you had that hook, man. Oh. <laughs> well, I learned, you know, in college because, like, I was, if you want to say, undersized. You know, mm -hmm. so like I had to learn how to get it up fast. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Before you, oh, okay. Like throw it up fast yeah, before you get blocked. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got one more question for you, uh, mm -hmm. Kendall, man. You know, like I said, I appreciate you coming on the show, man, and talking about your years um, in Holland and, you know, and, and being MVP of the league and, and, and obviously Belgium. I would say I have a couple questions now. Um, you played in Holland for multiple mm -hmm. years, won championships because you what uh you won a championship in the boss. Marcel Hybens was he 
you, you was he Marshall Hybers yep. on the team with you? Okay. Yep, Marshall yep. Hybers was on the team. Okay, okay. Um, and you won a championship in in uh Eiffel Tower. Nine right? Megan, yeah. Yeah, Nine Megan, Nine yep. Megan. Yeah. And uh was that my first year what year was that when you won a championship? I think I may have been in, at uh, Eiffel when you were at Dimbos. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm I thought. Thinking, like, my first year Eiffel, they won the championship. It was like Ryan Robertson was the uh Yeah, he was the yeah, point guard. He was the point guard and they had yeah. obviously, you know, Chris Mim and all yep. those. Yeah. I just saw Chris uh last month when I was over there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Chris, you know, yeah. Chris me, he was he came to the boss. Uh, I mean the boss, he came to Groningen. Yeah. Uh the next year. I remember like, him, him, Curtis, your name, uh your namesake, Travis, uh Travis Young. Yeah, Travis Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah, yeah. had a monster squad, boy. Woo. On paper, left. on paper, but the problem was Chris got hurt or whatever, yeah. and then he left. Mm-hmm. And then we like, you know, like you you told the story of the eight eight guys. Um he, you know, like uh like that got released in the year, the eight Americans. We had my first year in in in, in Groningen with Boat, Tom Boat. He must have released about twenty, you know, like yeah. throughout the year. Like it was, we were down to six players at one time because <laughs> two guys quit. He cut two guys, so literally for a month, we we played with six guys. <laughs> Top boat was wild, man. Yeah, yeah, we played with six. And the funny thing, let me tell you, we was practicing two two and a half hours with six guys. Yeah. You know, we was practicing. Yeah, yeah, we was practicing hard, two and a half hours, six guys. So by the by the end of the season, we went back to seven. We had seven, Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know, uh, we were, but we came together at the very end, and we got lucky. You know, uh, Nymeg and I. Gotta have luck. Yeah, gotta have luck. I forgot beat by them boss in the semis. Mm Like, yeah. you know, it was kind of the upset of the of the whole playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we beat Amsterdam in mm-hmm. Amsterdam. We you know we was down 20 or whatever in the fifth fifth. We yeah. beat Joe Spinks in them. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so like we ended up beating them boss, which was weird because I played with them boss <laughs> the first year. Mm-hmm. Played with them, you know, growing again the next year. We beat them in them boss. And like then they cheated two years later. They combined teams, them boss and Nijmegen, and create yeah. like created this super team. Yeah, yeah. And they beat <laughs> us in seven games in the finals two years later. I always give yeah. Sam Jones a snoop. I always give him like, dude, you you had to combine teams to beat me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's what they did. That's that was the year that I I went to weird. That was my last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, no, nah, like. Went, a, let me see. They both beat Eiffel. I was still there, but I was kind of just kind of helping out coaching. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That I remember that. Last year yeah, it was your last year. I remember that. Like yeah. I said, after that year, like I said, they 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 kept going. They brought in Leon Rogers, and they kept yeah. going. Uh, but then the Matrix Magic was who played in the Nine Makers old gym. Yeah, that's they kind of yeah. took over. And then yeah. Nijmegen and the boss, like I said, combined teams. And, uh, you know, they end up, you know, winning the championship. But, yeah. And then Travis Young, he went to, like, after we finished, they beat us. 
He did a Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> they beat us in the finals in game seven. Yeah. He did yeah. a Kevin Durant and joined them. <laughs> yeah. And then they like ran away with the championship the next year. So and he, um, you heard about what he did after that, huh? What? He was he he came back. And I think they didn't pay him his money or something like that. I don't know the whole story. But he like left in the middle of the night and went back home. Really? Yeah, he went back to the States. Ha! I didn't know that story. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was the he next did. year after they won the championship. Yep, yep. He left in the middle of the night? <laughs> yep. I didn't know that. <laughs> Rumor has he's like left the car at the airport <laughs> and took off. <laughs> Just bought himself a ticket and was like, all right, I'm out. Yep. He didn't give me my yep. money, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's a lot of crazy stories like that, man. No, no. If you, um, <laughs> you had time, I, I could really tell you some, some crazy stuff. No, I believe it. Like <laughs> I'm selling, like we, you know, the year, the year, uh, the next year we won the championship. And like I said, Boat, Boat did what he did. You know, Chris Mim left. Mm -hmm. He brought in another player who was like great, Nate Fox. Great was. Nate Fox was a really good player. God rest his soul. Yes, he was. You know, 6'9", big and buff, could shoot it, mm. you know, handle everything. He cut Nate. Uh, I was like, you cut Nate? Oh. <laughs> he and Travis was like, he cut Nate? He is, man. <laughs> you know, he is tripping, you know? Um, you know, that year was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he brought in so many guys mm -hmm. in and out, in and out. We end up settling, and then we like that was the year we were the number one overall seed. We had mm -hmm. won the Dutch Cup, number one overall seed. Lost to the lost to the eighth seed, Bergen oh, of Zone. Goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah, Orlando Lightfoot there? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he See, was. I played, with, I played with Orlando for three years. Yeah. In Belgium. Yeah. Okay. 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 No, that that was crazy, man. Like I said, um, I was gonna say, well, we can get into all that stuff, you know. If we end up talking for two hours, man. Yeah. Um, last question for you. Um, at every you know every you know athlete's of you know person's career, you know we all go through low points, or you know overseas, you know, or in the states, or whatever. But in your case, probably overseas. We go through low points in our lives or, you know, careers. <laughs> How did you get out of your low point? Or, you know, and did somebody help you or did you get out of it yourself? Well, you know, there's not a person around anywhere in this world who don't, don't need help. Right. But if you're looking at from a basketball perspective, we all go through periods where mm -hmm. you know, things don't go the way mm -hmm. we want to. But, you know... I've had good coaches my whole life. And a lot of times, you know, there's a, there's a story. My coach used to tell me about a guy who who uh, was trying to set the record for chopping down trees with his axe. Okay. He had heard it was like 21. So mm -hmm. he goes out there the first day and he chops, 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 and he only gets to like uh, 17. Okay. Next day, he tries even harder. He gets to uh, 20. 
The next day he goes out, he tries even harder, and he gets to 19, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he just can't figure out what's, why he can't get 21. Right. So the guy finally sat him down, and he says, uh, did you ever sharpen your axe? The guy never sharpened his axe. Mm. So okay. the thing is, I learned sometimes you can try too hard, but not in the right way. Sometimes you need to just sharpen the axe. Sometimes you need to say, look, it either film or whatever, go back to when it was working. And you will find, I think a lot of times, even in relationships and on the court and off the court, mm-hmm. you will find if you look carefully that there's some place around, some place that you let go of maybe the discipline that you needed. Mm-hmm. And you will start to do things out of just motivation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But to me, motivation is kind of like a feeling. You're sad, but you're not sad all of the time. You're happy, but you're not happy all of the time. <laughs> and a lot of times when you're not happy, you stop doing the things that uh, that got you where you were. Right. right. So a lot of times, just for me, just refocus, go back and take a look and see if you're doing things the right way, like you were doing when you were having success, at least that's what worked for me. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes a heck Dropping of a the sense. Work smarter, not harder. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, like I said, thank you, Kendall, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Like, My pleasure. Man, I enjoyed you know, it, man. Yeah, that's how I said it. Another one, like people, he's a Dutch legend, man. Trust me. You know, like <laughs> people know who he is. You look up Holland, I promise you, he's he's one of the like all-time greats. You know. Um, what are you what are you up to nowadays? Well, uh, like I said earlier, uh after I stopped playing, mm-hmm. I, I had my uh I had my degree mm-hmm. from ORU telecommunications. Uh and that's another thing. While I was, uh, when I decided I wanted to stay here, I mm-hmm. always did little odd jobs because, you know, we didn't have any working, any work experience because all right. we did was play. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I worked at Foot Locker and a couple other places mm-hmm. in order to build up a, a nice resume. Right. Uh, I got on at Microsoft in Germany. Mm-hmm. And after that, I took an administrative uh, a job closer to, to home where I'm living at UPS. Mm-hmm. And they gave me an opportunity to become a customs broker. So I, I, they sent me to school for about two years with exams included. And I studied customs law and I became a customs broker. So I'm a customs broker for, for UPS. Nice. I work three days at home and two days at the office. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, you know, life can life life could be a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true, yeah. man. So yeah. that's good. That's a real that's real good. You know what I'm saying? So well, um, like I said, thank you for coming on, Kendall. Like I said, we need to come on again, man, for sure, during the season. You're very welcome. Yeah, Anything yeah. I can do for you, man, and help you out. No, just definitely, hit me up. definitely. Yeah, man, for sure. I would say um, you can follow me uh, at Travis W. Reed 
that's R-E-E-D on Instagram. Uh, yep. Also follow me, Travis W. Reed, on Facebook. Shout out where you at, Kendall, on Facebook and Instagram, if you, wanna, you, know, if you want to. I would do that, man. I'll shout out to you. You take care over there, man. All, everybody over there, I hope it's going well. Yes, Loving no. Things, man, from across the pond. <laughs> well, like I said, I know you're tired. I appreciate you coming on. You know, like I said, next time. Thank you. Okay, peace out, my brother. All right, all right. Later. Later. And like I said, you can follow me at Travis W. Reed on Instagram and Travis W. Reed on Facebook. I have my merch, Travis Reed and Athlete's Journey. If you're looking for some of that, just DM me on Instagram. Um, shirts, uh, you know, like I said, I'll ship it to you, whatever the case is. So feel free, like I said, to hit me up about that. Also, uh, if you're looking, like I said, if you're looking for a uh, book club, I have one. It's Travis Reed's uh, uh, book club. It's on LinkedIn. You can follow me on, you know, Travis Reed on LinkedIn. And like I said, you can follow me on Believe Network with an athlete's journey. I have a new show called He Said, She Said. If you're interested, you know, in that kind of man-woman dynamic. Also, um believe in UCLA with me and my man, my co-host, uh, me and my other host, uh, you know, Sam Connor. On the all on Believe Network, all on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast. And um, yeah, like I said, we'll get back to you next week. Thank you. And like I said, I have all different sizes of the of my merch and that Travis Street and Athlete's Journey. So support the show. Buy some merch. Appreciate be greatly appreciated. fastest easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports contests and events with the first to market eyes and lines find reviews and news in every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf but online continues to be the top resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and features head on to bet online today use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code bleav50 to receive your 50 percent discount welcome bonus to your first for your first deposit bet online when the game starts 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.